We've got four verses left in Proverbs 29. And the discussion that has been had in this chapter is regarding our fight with foolishness and contending with foolishness. And we mentioned so many different ways to do that. And then the four verses that we have left is the battle with foolishness in your children. Now, the danger of preaching a message like this, though, we, we go through the Bible and let the Bible just speak and and talk whatever subject it wants to talk about, is that somebody said, well, I don't have any kids. Well, if you don't have any kids, somebody else has got kids, or maybe you'll have grandkids, or maybe you'll have kids later. Um, I don't expect to have any more kids, but it's still good to look into the Bible, and I am so glad, really, that that part of my life is sort of past. By the grace of God. (laughs) But maybe, you know, maybe you're a teenager. I don't don't know. Maybe you're, maybe you don't ever want to have kids. There there are some people I met don't need to have kids. But uh, we've got, we've got a problem. And uh, we've got a lot of foolishness that doesn't have to grow like it's growing in children. And the way you fight foolishness, the way we fight foolishness in our children is with biblical correction. And we we don't have any hobby horses here. We just preach through the Bible, but we do need to get these verses. And we've got a lot of, um, this is important because we've got a lot of We've got a lot of ladies that are with child right now in our church. We've got a lot of families that have young children. And I would say this, this is, this is most important, even especially if you've got one on the way. And maybe, maybe you're a parent and you've done that, and yet you've, got, you've still got a small child or two in your family. And I want to encourage you because, you know, you can do things right and then do things wrong. And that happens as well. And if nothing else, if you're, you know, a grandparent, maybe you can pray for your grandkids or pray for somebody else that has kids or or just say amen because it's true. I, I don't know, but we've got these verses on our plate tonight and uh, we need to deal with them. Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 15, the Bible says, The rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Verse 17, we've already dealt with verse 16. Verse 17, correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. Then drop down to verse 19, we've already dealt with verse 18. Verse 19, a servant will not be corrected by words. For though he understand, he will not answer. Verse 20, look at verse 21. He that delicately bringeth up his servant from a child shall have him become his son at the length. Those are our four verses tonight. The Bible says in verse 7, or excuse me, verse 15, the rod and reproof give wisdom. 
I'll probably give you five things tonight from these four verses that are all on biblical correction and contending with the foolishness that's found in our children. The first one is right from the text, verse 15, the rod and reproof give wisdom. There is no way to raise a child correctly without the rod and reproof. And that's not what I think. That's not just what I was taught. That's not just how I was raised. That's what God said in His Word. Look, look, He says, the rod and reproof give what? Wisdom. The reason that we have a foolish generation is because they were not raised with the rod and reproof and no wisdom was given to them. Now, I know when somebody gets of age, they make their own choices, they make their own decisions. But the text is very plain. If we want to impart wisdom to our children, we have got to apply the rod and reproof or, or they're not going to get that wisdom. Go back with me and we've dealt with the verse, but go to chapter 22 in Proverbs Proverbs 22. And, and here's what I understand as we get into these things, and I'm not going to rehash all the message I've preached on the rod. I'm not going to do that, but... We're living in a day where just preaching the Bible is so dangerous because it is hate speech. We have people that even say they believe the Bible that do not believe the book of Proverbs. There are, there are weird hyper-dispensationalists that even say that New Testament Christianity should not apply the book of Proverbs to their home teaching because they're trying to get rid of what the Bible says about discipline. And all I would say about that is all you have to do is to look at a world filled with grown adults that weren't raised that way to see that that doesn't work. Even lost families years ago in our nation that did what that said raised a generation that did not have as much foolishness as we have today. So, you know, we got to watch how we say things. As parents, you've got to watch um, what you put out there publicly. You are insane if you broadcast all the details of how you discipline your children in this society. Okay? But I am not ashamed of what the Bible says. I'm not ashamed of it. It's right. And just because someone has done it wrong does not mean that what God said is not true. So you, you can go overboard. You can do things wrong with, with disciplining children. Children have been abused. They have been, there are all sorts of things that have happened. But that does not nullify the fact that God said, if you want to impart to your child wisdom, the rod and reproof is used to do that. And so if you fail, here's a problem with some people. They apply the rod, but apply no reproof. It's not, I'm not teaching just whip your kids. That's what's wrong with a lot of kids that are messed up today. All they got was whipped. They didn't get the reproof. They didn't get the instruction. They didn't get what God said about the matter. And so you put them together. The rod and reproof give wisdom. He said in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 15, watch, watch the word. Proverbs 22, 15, foolishness. And that's what we've been dealing with in this whole chapter in Proverbs 29, this fight with foolishness. And he says here in verse uh, number 
uh, in our text here, verse 15 of chapter 22, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. That is your child. That is your little baby. That is your bundle of joy. That, that's your precious one in the crib. That, 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 is, that is all of the children of the world have foolishness bound in their heart. Why? Because they take after their parents. They're sinners like we all are. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. But the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. If, if you are too weak and too rebellious to do what God says about disciplining your children, then the foolishness that's bound in their heart will never leave. He said in chapter 23, Proverbs 23, verse 13, Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. Now you put that in the newspaper and they'll, they'll take us to jail. But see, what they don't understand is, is a little rod, a little switch, never hurt anybody. They're not going to kill anybody. A little flexible, flimsy little rod. It's not talking about a pole or a baseball bat. And you're... This is not child abuse. This is taking a flexible little bitty rod that goes pop, ow. Nobody died from that. Our society says, well, if you do that, you're going to raise children to be violent. No, that's a lie. No, the ones that are so violent never got disciplined. They're not going to die. Now, they might sound like it. Man, I, I was the world's best actor. And, and some of you parents don't get it. You think your kid's done it. And, and look, if, and this is most, now let me say this about the rod. He says, he's talking about a child here, okay? And, and I, I'm not going to say that it's, it's never, I'm not going to say it's wrong to ever give corporal punishment to somebody that's older than a child. But the inference of the scripture is, this is not for adolescence. This is for a child. You understand? If you're still corporally punishing, punishing your teenager, you, you've probably already messed up bad. Because the whole purpose is to discipline right from a child. So as they grow older, you don't have to do that anymore. And the reason that that doesn't, you say, well, that doesn't work. Well, it doesn't work because if you're not consistent, nothing ever works. It's the lack of consistency. It's not the pattern of the Bible that doesn't work. It's just if you don't do what God said ten times and you do three times, don't blame God that it didn't work. But this is, this is alluded to be, this is for a child. And I would say this, if you don't have your child under control... By the time, I, I don't know, I'm afraid to put an age on it, but if, if, if you're getting like five years old and they're still out of control, you're not doing something right. Yeah, guys, look, look, 
We can train animals better than we train our children. My son and my daughter-in-law's dog rings a bell when it has to go to the bathroom. And it's a dog. Dogs are trained to sit and they have small brains. And some children couldn't obey the command to sit. Okay, we say, well, preacher, I've, I've done that with the rod. Well, maybe you didn't do it right. What's not doing it right? It's not right when it's on diapers. The purpose of the rod is to hurt, to sting. And I know those kids, you're doing that rod on their diaper and they're going, ah, that's just the biggest bunch of crock that ever was. <laughs> they got so much pad in there, they're not feeling the thing. I'm seeing parents think they're really spanking their kids. Bang, 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 bang. And they're on the diaper and that kid's screaming and he ain't getting nothing. We're not talking about using the rod on a pillar. Amen. We're talking about using it on their behind. Maybe I need to take this off the internet. It's supposed to sting. Why? Because then I associate pain with disobedience. Pain with rebellion. Pain with sin. And that's what's wrong with society. There is no association of judgment to sin. So I do whatever I want to do. And there's no consequence. And that starts from a child. And that book says, you'll deliver their soul from hell. This is a spiritual battle. This is a spiritual battle. And... If we want to deliver our children from foolishness and deliver them from hell, he says you've got to start that at an early age. You say, preacher, what if it's not an early age? What if I've already seen I've messed up? And Well, you know what? You pray, you fast, you, 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 you do whatever you need to do to try to reach that young person. Maybe they're out of your house. You don't ever give up because God still can do a miracle. He can still do miracles. He can still reach people. But what I'm telling we've got a host of, of young families in here that, that children are coming through. And I'm telling you, from day one, you're going to have to be consistent with the rod and reproof. Discipline is the order of God's government. And wisdom is obtained in their life. I, I wrote this down from Charles Bridges. I love to read after him. In the book. He got the best book in the world on Proverbs, written in the 1800s. He said this. He said... Either the child's will or the parent's heart must be broken. So you can either break your child's will or you can be ready for your heart to be broken. And I know that takes a big, um, a big sacrifice. Because usually people do not use the rod and they do not use reproof and they do not correct their child because of the way it makes them feel. I feel bad about doing this. And, and so if you're not careful, you'll, you will not correct your child because of how it makes you feel instead of what they need. I really think 
People are so in love with themselves that they want to feel so good about themselves, they're not willing to do what they need to do to protect and deliver and to help other people. Oh, it is, a, it is an emotional sacrifice to, to discipline your child like the Bible says here with the rod and reproof. If you get enjoyment out of that, you're sick. And, and and if you can do that, you don't think anything about it. If you can do it in anger, then, then don't do it at all. You're you're totally off base. This is something you do because God tells you to do it because you're trying to deliver their soul from hell and get the foolishness out of their life. And the only way that'll work is consistency, consistent correction, not sit, Johnny. <laughs> I said, sit, Johnny. If you don't sit, I'm going to tell you one more time. That is the most foolish parenting. You are training the child to be rebellious. First time disobedience, correct, reproof and correction. And if you'll be consistent with it, every they're not stupid. Remember, you can teach the dog to sit. Your kid is smarter than a dog. And they can be trained, train up a child, but you've got to be consistent. I, I, I you know, I, I didn't do a very good job. We, I've had dogs, and, and I've tried to train some of them, and I've trained some. But the thing about the dogs, you have got to train them over and over. You've got to be so consistent and do it so many times that it's second nature to them. And if you don't follow through constantly, they will always be looking for that one out. Not to obey you. And guys, what I'm, what I'm telling you, we're not training our children in such a way. They're, they're like those dogs in those fences. And as soon as you open the gate, they're gone. And as long as they're in the gate, and that has to do with training. If you train a dog right, they'll stay right there if they're trained. You, you can put food right in front of their mouth if they're trained, even if they're hungry and they won't touch it. Wait. I used to do that with with my German shepherds in uh, in Romania. That that wasn't for pet sake. That was for necessity sake. But we'd we'd put food there because we didn't want them to eat. We didn't want them to get poisoned. But that was trying to poison your children. Could you tell them to wait and they would wait? I'd I'd put that I'd put that uh, piece of meat down on on the ground with 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 my dog Lee and Jackson and. I'm going to jail twice now. So, so I'd put that, for, and I'd say, I'd say, I'd say, wait. No. He'd just, he'd look at me. And then he'd look down at that meat. Why didn't he just, why didn't he just take that? He was trained. I'd walk away. He'd sit there and just look at me. And I would say, Okay. Tell you what, guys, we've got something a whole lot more precious and valuable than dogs and pets. And we have to take the time to train them. And it takes the rod and reproof. 
Now, I'll, I'll give a little book to all the families that have children that sort of walk you through some of that and not go through all belabor that from the pulpit, but it's not difficult. It's not rocket science, but it is consistency. And if you're not consistent, it'll never work. But, but I tell you what, I would much rather break that child's will with the rod and reproof and give them correction and get that foolishness out of their heart than my heart be broken as they grow up. You know, all these tragedies that, that, that there's so many out there, I wonder if you could go look back at their childhood to see if they were corrected properly. I can say that from my own testimony. The, my children that were corrected the most are doing the best. And some of you need to watch. That, that later one that comes on, Or maybe you've had all boys and now you've got a girl. I'm telling you. Or maybe you had all girls and now you've got a boy. Or it's the child of your old age. <laughs> or whatever it is. And the temptation not to follow God. It's work. It is so much work. It is so much work that, thank God, we don't have to do it forever. It's work. But if you don't do the work, if you don't put it in, you say, preacher, what if we do everything right? No, if, if you do everything right, the child can still turn out bad because they have a will and, and God, they're not robots and they can't be made. But I'm telling you, the pattern of the Bible is you can impart wisdom to a child with the rod and reproof. And you give up on that and you think you know a better way and you read a psychology book or you listen to a friend or you listen to your own feelings about it and you're going to grow up with a broken heart as that child grows up. Because you're going to deal with foolishness. You're, it's so much easier to deal with foolishness at two than it is at 22. And it's hard at two. I've told you a story about the day that, that this boy over here's will was broken. And we read that but We threw up our hands and said, this is hell in our home. How can a two-year-old bring such hell in our home? This is, this is ridiculous. And that's because he had Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and he was the first baby that the child, that the pastor ever had in the church, you know, a guy that I took over, 80 years old. So everybody, everybody was showering him with love and gifts and spoiling and all that. First grandchild on both sides. Oh, he didn't have a chance. First child for us. Oh, and that oh went to oh. What is wrong with you? And I'll never forget. It was right there in front of the TV set. He was watching Winnie the Pooh. I remember the day that God saved his soul from hell. Amen. I said, Benjamin, turn the TV off. Nope. I didn't say it twice. I said, all right, let's go to the room. We did our business. 
And it didn't stop there. No, we're going back to the scene of the crime. Okay, Benjamin, turn off the TV. Okay. Surely. Three's a charm, right? Back to Benjamin. Turn off the TV. No. I'm not even going to tell you how many times we did that. But I'll tell you what was happening at the end of it. That little boy wasn't crying. Daddy was crying. But I knew right there. Somebody has got to learn to submit to authority or they can never submit to God. And I'll never forget when he finally went over there and turned that TV off. And I grabbed that boy and loved that boy. Thank you for obeying, Daddy. Thank you for obeying God. And I'm just telling you, usually... We just don't want to put in that kind of work and make that big of an emotional sacrifice for the benefit of our child. Because again, we're not so as much as concerned about them as we are us. If you don't have a stronger will to do right than your two-year-old child, I don't know why you had children. He says, the rod and reproof give wisdom. Go back to our text in Proverbs 29. Here's the, here's the alternative. Proverbs 29, 15. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Left to himself. You know, we're not to leave our children to their own thoughts to their own expressions, to their own devices. We're not to leave them to their self. No, that's why God put us in their life. One of the, one of the, one of the, one of the bad things I've noticed people about in child training have heard of it. You know, go to your room. Oh, that's wise. And then they get in their room by themselves. And stew about how much they hate you and how much they hate authority. And they're just left to themselves. You know, people, they leave their children with sitters or they leave their children with a television set. A child left to himself. Just, just whatever. How, whatever. Whatever path you want to take. No, no, it's not whatever path they want to take. It's what path God wants them to take. And I'm supposed to help them with that. I'm not to leave them to their own imagination and their own desires. I'm to help them. You know, years ago, 20 years ago, if, if a little boy would have come up to his mother and dad and said, Mom, Dad, I think I'm a girl. They would have helped that boy with that. They would have not left him to himself to try to figure that out because he's not supposed to be left to himself. 
We don't leave them to the internet. I tell you what, I, I, I don't envy you guys that, and I, I'm glad you got babies coming. I'm glad you got little ones and it's a, the life of our church and we love them and it's such a, it's all great and a joy. But I tell you what, probably the worst thing in the world for your child, children, and I don't even know how you're going to go about doing it without being a weirdo. The internet is just a, a, a monster that'll, Eat your kids up because when they're left to themselves and they look at what they want to look at and they read what they want to read and they explore what they want to explore, it just defiles them. And I'm not trying to promote being Amish. I'm not. I know we've got to live in the world. But if you leave them to their self with their phone, with their device, with their TV, with their friends, a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. And by the way, don't leave them with their grandparents either. (laughs) God forbid people expecting their grandparents, the grandparents to raise the children. That's not what they're for. Grandparents can't do what I just said I did with my little boy. Now, if you're the exception, you're the exception. There's probably one or two in here that might be the exception. But the majority of people in here, for your grandkid, you can't do that. It's it's not your job. Don't, Don't leave your child... Don't leave them without restraint. Don't leave them to their own desires, to their own will. Don't leave them in bad company. The company just with themselves is bad enough. Insert yourself into their life. A child left to himself, that is his destruction. If he's left without the rod, if he's left without reproof, if he's left without restraint, a child will never restrain itself. You don't leave them to their own misery. We've got children growing up, becoming libertines, and they've never been corrected, and we wonder why things turn out the way they do. They were left to themselves. Third thing, verse 17. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. So if I'll do my part in the correction of this foolishness that's in all their hearts, at the end of the day, they will bring rest. But but this is what parents want. They want rest now. They want rest from the correction. They want rest from the hard work of raising this child. And so because they took a rest on the discipline, all they have is burden and their soul is never at rest later. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. God, I just told that terrible story about my son. You know what a blessing he is to me? 
You know what a peace of mind that boy is to me? And he's a sinner just like everybody is a sinner. But he has brought delight to my heart. But it took a lot of correction. So we can rest now and have no rest later. Or we can do the hard work of correction and then later on it'll be rest for us in our soul and it'll be delight for us. Correct thy son. I I read this from the old timer. I'm tired of reading new books in this age. This old timer in the 1800s said this, when you correct your child, he said, the measure and mode of correction must depend Upon the age, the sex, and the temper of your child, and the fault. You know what we do? We don't do the hard, we just pass out the correction just for the. You, you can't correct all your children the same. Correcting the boy and correcting that girl is two different things. You can't correct them the same way for the same, for, for different offenses, for different faults. You've got, to, you've got to think about the age of this child. So many things has to be taken into consideration when you correct your child. And by the way, let me say this. You know why others can't correct your child? Because you don't. And you know why most people have a problem with someone else correcting their child? Because they don't correct their children right. Growing up, what a blessing it was that my, as my children, well, the first two, when they grew up, there was a whole church full of people that corrected them. And we had a Christian school, and they did it at the Christian school. And I never forget, a teacher came up to me, and she said, I can't correct your son, he's too sweet. I said, if you don't, you're fired. <laughs> you're not going to teach him if you're not going to correct him. Amen. Okay, if I have to. I said, you have to. Okay. And she did. And here's the scenario. Here comes, uh, you know, here comes some, here comes the child and says, you know, mom, daddy, it was unfair. I got corrected and I didn't do anything wrong and it was the teacher's fault and it was so and so's fault and, 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 and I was just the perfect little angel like I always am. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. I know you were mistreated. You know how many times they didn't get corrected that they needed to get corrected? And you're trying to find the one time where maybe they got corrected and they didn't need to get corrected. Guys, you got to be smarter than that. The foolishness in your children needs more correction than you'll probably ever give them. Amen. Amen. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. By the way, you know children can't appreciate the kindness of of a parent who they aren't fearful of correction of. Maybe I need to say that again. You know, some children grow up, and they never appreciate the kindness of their parents. And the parent grows, why don't they appreciate anything I ever do for them? Because a child cannot appreciate a parent who they're not fearful of being corrected by. 
You can run that through the... I'm telling you the truth. If that kid knows that you're not going to correct them, they will never appreciate anything you ever do. Just look at the grocery store aisle. Does the kid not appreciate the 25 things in the basket that mom put there that they wanted? No. That kid wants the five things on the counter. And mom said, no, you can't have that. I got all this stuff. Well, I want this. Because they can never appreciate anything you do for them if you've not established the line of correction. Happy children are corrected children. Verse 19. Everybody okay? 19. A servant will not be corrected by words. You say, well, we're moving to a servant. Yeah, but he's going to bring the servant-child relationship back together in verse 21. Verse 19. A servant will not be corrected by words, for though he understand, he will not answer. I think what, what the proverb is saying is this. This servant was corrected with the words of the master. It was a reproof to him. He was corrected by words. But the servant heard, the servant understood, but he didn't give an answer back. He didn't respond to words. This is what I want to say. Correction cannot just be words. If you just lecture your kids, guys, they are sick of that. It's got to be more than just words. And even if you've got a teenager that's getting past that age of of physical correction, there are other ways to correct them besides just words. And and yelling at a child should never be allowed. There shouldn't be yelling in our homes, period. Period! We've got enough verbal abuse. Children don't need that. Nobody needs that. The loudest conversation you ever hear ought to be from this pulpit. (laughs) Amen. But that's preaching. There's not a one of you I've been to your house. Brother Roop! (laughs) Just just like Brother Farley says, I'm just preaching. But it can't just be words or that's not real correction. Well, I told you and I took... You know, that that servant, if he doesn't answer the correction of words and he understood. And by the way, your your children need to understand why they're being corrected. Not just because you made them mad. Honey, this is against God. And because this is against God, God tells me this is what I need to do in my correction. See it here in the Bible? Children, obey your parents. You see that? You see this verse on pride? You see this verse on lying? You see this verse on selfishness? They They need to know why. They need to understand it. And that servant gets different punishment than just words. That's Luke 12. I go to the last thing and finish. Would you go to verse 21? This sort of tempers everything I've just said. Somebody could hear this in this generation and say, man, what a mean preacher. What an abusive church. Those Bible-believing people, they just hate their kids. They abuse their kids. You're a fool. 
Everybody used to believe this, even people that weren't even saved. This society is the different one, and it's going down the toilet bowl fast. Well, this just, no, no, this tempers it all. Would you look at verse 21? He that, what's the next word? Would you see it again? He that what? Delicately. What's the next two words? Bringeth up. That's almost like training up. He that delicately bringeth up his servant from a what? From a what? Not, not starting late. Starting early. And this is not even blood family. This is a servant in the house. But watch it. He that delicately bringeth up his servant from a child shall have him become his what? His son at the length. Here is a person that not even supposed to belong into the family, but he is treated like a part of the family. He becomes just as much family as blood, though he was just a servant from a child. He was brought up in this house. And that early attachment and that early training produced a loyal obedience that went beyond just blood kinship. And this servant has actually become a son because he was brought up delicately from a child. Put this in the mix and I'm finished. Biblical correction is not the absence of love. You see that word delicate. They need love. They need, and being delicate with your child does not mean that you fail to discipline them. But it does mean that you are in touch with their heart and their feelings and their needs. Does it not even say to the fathers in Colossians chapter 3, it tells us not to provoke our children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition. We're to nurture those children, we're to bring them up delicately because we can break them. We can harm them. And so we got to love them And as much as we're firm and straight and biblical on discipline, we've got to delicately show them we have a heart for them. And if we'll do that from a child, then they'll grow up with that attachment to us. So many times, so many times, and this is true about all of us, if there is not a connection with your heart and your child's heart, it ain't going to work. It don't matter if they grow up in church and it doesn't matter what you say to them and what you do to them. If you, and the, if you don't have a heart relationship with them, it ain't going to work. And I think sometimes we're not delicate enough. Authority must be tempered with love. You know how sometimes that's shown? I apologized to my son when he was full grown. I said, son, I'm sorry that I did not give you enough words of affirmation as you were growing up telling you you were doing a good job. It's not that I didn't feel that. It's not that I didn't believe that. It's just I, I failed in delicately letting him know how much I appreciated him doing right. And that's delicate. You're doing good. If all they hear is, 
You're, what, what do you do that for? You're always a fairy. You're always doing this wrong. And you're getting on my nerves. And why don't you do this right? And Guys, there's a delicateness that's lost there. And by the way, discipline is not hands. Hands are for loving. Hands are only for loving. They're not for hitting. When a parent puts his hand up to the child, they ought to know that hand's so delicate that that hand's going to love and that hand's going to touch and that hand's going to try to meet the need of that child. No, it's, it's that rod. It's not the hand. It's that rod that does it, not the hand. These hands should be delicate. They should be loving. And probably tonight, there's some child that needs to be loved a little more delicately. And probably tonight, there's a child that needs to be disciplined and corrected more faithfully. To fight the foolishness that the devil is working in.